And away we go. This is Tuesday, January 28th, the year 2020. This is Scoop Podcast episode 277. I'll be frank, even two days later, I still can't wrap my arms, my brain, my mind around the fact that Kobe Bryant is no longer with us. To help me through this process, to help maybe you through this process, is somebody that competed against Kobe. He played in Los Angeles. He knows what Kobe meant to the city of Los Angeles. He's nice enough to be back in studio. Eight-year NBA veteran. Played for the Wolves. One of the great players in Kansas Jayhawks history. The pride of Bloomington. Bloomington Jefferson High School. It is Cole Aldrich. Cole, thank you for doing this, especially after just a couple weeks ago. You and your wife, congratulations. A baby boy. And so yeah. you're not sleeping much. <laughs> although, who knows? Maybe you escaping from I don't know if it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 in the morning. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm telling you, it all floods together. And it will be like that for a while. But I guess just take us back to Sunday morning. And in your world, who knows? Maybe you thought it was Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday morning when, when you heard the news, whether you saw it on your phone, saw it on the TV, when you heard the news that, that Kobe Bryant had passed away. Um, I, You know, honestly, it was just my wife and I and my high school teammate, my buddy, his wife and his uh, newborn daughter. And we were just kind of hanging out watching some of the Pro Bowl stuff. And he goes wow, Kobe died. And I'm like, kind of like, what? Like, stop, dude. Come on. And he goes, no, like a helicopter. I'm like, what? Figuring that ESPN would have just like immediately cut to something. And it, you know, they eventually did after a handful of minutes. But, you know, your heart just breaks for the whole situation. Because, I mean, when when you're in the league, you're kind of in this fraternity. And although I was never teammates with Kobe, I have had very limited conversation with him. That doesn't mean how much you get influenced by another guy. I mean, I remember having the, you could look back at them now, the old, not the crazy eights, but the Adidas, they look like the space shoes, Mm -hmm. probably the, potentially the ugliest shoe that you could (laughs) ever have. But I had those shoes, you know, those were like the coolest freaking thing ever had those somehow played basketball in them and looking back at it and, and maybe not realizing it as much of how much he influenced, you know, kind of my youth, but everybody's youth, even if they, you know, even though he wasn't playing and hasn't played for the last handful of years, you know, kids now, they, you know, everybody knows who Kobe Bryant is. You know, but I'm thinking, I mean, you know, Kobe had about 10, 11 years on you. So I'm thinking, like, he was, like, in the prime of his career – like at the peak of your basketball <clears throat> fandom. Like I'm thinking about you when you were in like seventh grade, yeah. eighth grade, mm-hmm. ninth grade. You know, that's when Kobe was really at his peak. I mean, he was at his peak even toward the latter part of his of his 20-year run. But, yeah, I have to imagine like when you were like this big basketball fan, like did you have Kobe Bryant posters in your room and – you know, as you're as you're shooting in in the Jefferson <laughs> High School gym, like, are you going? Three, of course, two, everybody. One? I'm Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I'm gonna make the buzzer beater. Of course, everybody did. Um, you know, I I kind of look back and I I remember I think it was a lockout year when I was in Oklahoma City. We ended up making it to the finals, but I want to say it was the second round of the playoffs. We ended up playing the Lakers, and. You know, the one thing that I remember from that series is, you know, they weren't the Laker team that they've had in past years. I mean, they still had Bynum and and a really good group of guys, but no Shaq. <clears throat> yeah, no, 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 like what you think of the the heavy three peat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, I mean, we ended up beating them 4-1, but I remember just, like, having to look back. Actually, yesterday, he averaged over 30 for that series. <laughs> like, 30 in the – he had, like, 38 one game. And, you know, just kind of looking back and remembering those things and, and you know, having – having the pleasure of of not only kind of watching him growing up in, as you know as a kid here in Minnesota but just like you know as an athlete competing against him and and seeing like damn that's cool. I remember one time we were playing and <clears throat> I hit a I think Paul was guarding me and I I kind of gave him the old five hole pass somehow to somebody back dooring and I remember him being like wow that was a hell of a pass and I'm like what Kobe said that to me like what <laughs> like oh man you know it's just little things like that and you know even for me not like I said not being a teammate of his but you know being influenced him probably more than what I ever realized until you know just the other day there's a cool photo I mean if anybody wants to go to Google Google your name Cole Aldrich Kobe Bryant go to images maybe you've seen the photo it was I think it was April of 2016. In fact, maybe I can multitask and pull it up on my phone. You were playing for the Clippers. Yeah. I actually, I think I put it on my story on Instagram the other day. Did you? Okay. Well, you would think I would have seen that. Of course I didn't. Yeah. Lack of of preparation by by the host here on the podcast. But yeah, so you know. The one one of me gardening. That's it right there. Well, no, there's another one. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I found another one. Yeah. Do you have a better one? Well, I think I, well, let me see. Let me see if I can multitask here. But just like as you, you know, talk for 30 seconds here as you think about what you put on your Instagram story, those photos. Like, yeah. It just, it hits you, doesn't it? You know, and and obviously the last week, any anybody that's a parent out there now kind of knows what I'm talking about is that, that instant when you have a child, your life just all of a sudden becomes very different. And... You know, hearing the stories of, you know, not only him and his daughter, but, you know, another family and and the other seven, eight people that were on board of the helicopter. I was watching the news, I think it was yesterday morning, and the, one of the husbands of the, you know, the wife that was a, an assistant coach of one of the teams, you know, it was the dad and he had like two or three girls and he was like, you know, last night, you know, what would be Sunday night, you know, all that the girls wanted was their mom. I know. I saw it. It was. And and you just kind of like. It hits you. It, yeah. It absolutely does. Yeah. I mean, I saw that interview. He's he's a big time musician in Orange County. And I think he even mentioned, you know, that, that him and his wife had conversations about the dangers of of taking the helicopter ride, you know, but she felt like she had to be there and, and Kobe handpicked her to help coach the team. And, yeah, you know, when Kobe wants you, how do you say no? I did see, correct me if I'm wrong, I did see that one of the daughters was supposed to also be on the helicopter. Oh, I didn't even hear that. She became ill over the weekend and so didn't participate <clears throat> in this in this tournament. Not to suggest there's any sort of saving grace, but you think about that. But, yeah, now you think about, you know, this guy and, and his three children not having a mother. Yeah, or even Vanessa with now a newborn and an older daughter, and now you don't have a daughter and a husband. I mean, how can you how can you wrap your mind around that? 
You can't. The first photo you showed me was the photo. So, yeah, you're with the Clippers, and, yeah, Kobe is is guarding you. So you spent time in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Put into words, like, you think about all the stars in L.A., but not many were known on a one-name basis. Oh, yeah. I mean, you never needed to say Bryant. It was just, it was was Kobe. Kobe. Like, he owned Los Angeles. I mean, look at, like, Kevin Garnett here in Minnesota, and then you magnitude that by 7,000 just because of, you know, the the sheer size of the city. You know, the influence that Kobe had, you know, it's like the Lakers. Everybody knows who the Lakers is. You could go to a small town in Russia and you could say, oh, do you know who the Los Angeles Lakers? And sure enough, somebody will know. You know, somebody that's on that team, and most likely it'll be Kobe or Magic. And it just kind of shows the reach of, of L.A. I mean, I was I was a Laker fan at, at one point when I was a kid. I mean, they had some really good teams. Yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, even going way back, like I'm sure back in the day, you used to do the Mikan drill, right? George Mikan, <laughs> yeah. Laker, not Los Angeles Laker, <laughs> Minneapolis Laker. But, yeah, you just think about just the legendary status of, of that franchise. Like, I'm thinking about, you know, like that Clippers team that you were on. That was a good team, right? Really good team. I mean, Chris Paul and go up and down the list and J.J. Redick and Jamal Crawford and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Like, you guys had a really good team. Mm-hmm. Yet, like, were you guys like the like the ugly stepchild at that point? I mean, the Clippers were, were rising. Yeah. And one can make the case today – I mean, it's close with Kawhi and Paul George now. And, but it, it's always going to be know, the Lakers. Doc is still it's, there. But you're right. I mean, that still, I mean, Los Angeles is always going to be first and foremost, regardless. I mean, the yeah. Clippers, I think, could win multiple championships. But think and about, like. They're capable, but that's always going to be first and foremost, a Lakers town. Oh, yeah. New York. Look at the Knicks. How bad the Knicks have been for years and years and years. Now the Nets are becoming really good. Mm-hmm. People love the Knicks. People love the Giants and people love the Yankees. And no matter how bad those teams are, you know, you could ask somebody, are are you a are you a Mets fan? And I mean, yeah, there's some Met fa- Mets fans or some Jets fans, but everybody wants to root for the main team in New York, and, and that's how it was in LA. It was you know the Lakers have always been the team, and the Clippers had their there are, you know, few years with Darius Miles and, you know, like that kind of crazy hoopla. But other than that, it's always been the Lakers. He was first team all defense 12 <laughs> times. Like you mentioned at some point, you make a pass and he tells you a good pass. He probably said that, Cole, because he felt like I should have stolen that <laughs> ball and I wasn't able to get to that ball. And so I'm going to give the big man some credit. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know... I think the whole situation is just heartbreaking. Going from what kind of seems to be the narrative now is it could have been prevented, you know, and in that I think is, is even harder to swallow is that, you know, a lot of it could have been weather and who knows what the reasoning of, of, of continuing with the flight is. I mean, who we may never know, but, I think we can all agree that, you know, the legacy of Kobe and what he has portrayed and 
in in modern sports and even life is just like well if you if you're going go farther you know keep on going and i think that it's just kind of incredible the influence that he's had on not only my generation but some of the older and even the younger generation now i mean where i'm really struggling is kobe's got like 14 months on me we're about the same age right we're both parents just to think about just reading the reports that, and not that this would have made it any better, but if the chopper just went right into the side of a mountain, boom, done, right? But that it appears there was at least a handful of seconds where where that chopper was descending. Mm-hmm. And just trying to visualize, you know, his 13-year-old daughter. You know, and, and all the parents on, on that chopper and just thinking as your life flashes before your eyes and you know within seconds your life is about to end. And just I'm telling you, just being about the same age, it's just Yeah. I and mean, there was there was this sense of he's he's invincible, right? Mm-hmm. Like again, first name basis. Heck years ago when I when I moved into my into my house in the West Metro, I adopted a dog. Named the dog Kobe. Yeah. That would have been two thousand and three. <laughs> Right, just about, just like you. I was 23 at the time, but still, I wasn't jaded by this business. Yeah, right. I was still relatively new in the media business. You know, my mind wasn't wasn't jaded the way it is today at the age of 40. You know, I still was was just a basketball nut, and I still am. I'm an aficionado to this day, but it's just it's different now. Experiencing everything I have, working in the media, but just he was my guy. Yeah, like I have a cousin that. It is a few years older, but that went to Lower Marion. So you hear all these stories about, you know, small world, but, you know, the stories of, of him in high school, you know, and <laughs> Flip used to spin some stories. Like, I don't think the Wolves were actually going to do this, but Flip and the Wolves loved Kobe. Oh, yeah. It was the year after the KG draft. So it might have been hard, even though, you know, by the end of KG's rookie year, they felt like, you know, McHale and Flip, we hit a home run. Yeah. But I still think there was some reluctance to go the high school route again and remember they picked number five and that was a good draft i mean for them to end up i mean they end up drafting ray allen trading him for for stefan marbury they actually loved carrie kittles coming out of villanova more than ray <laughs> allen that draft mikhail was in love with carrie kittles but they had a lot of options that was a really good draft yeah. kobe went all the way to pick 13 then you know the trade is orchestrated you know he's not a hornet you know vladi divac goes to the hornets you know his agent helps orchestrate the trade to to los angeles yeah you know, but just I remember Flip telling me some stories about how much they loved him coming out of Lower Marion High School. Which is crazy. I mean, now, you know, can, can a high school player compete at at the level at the NBA? I mean, back then it was – it happened. I mean, you have KG, Kobe, um, I mean – LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. I mean, him being the last of them, but – then there's other examples too. I mean, guys that have survived. I mean, a J.R. Smith or a Darius Miles. I mean, guys that had good careers, but not, but not nearly transcendent superstar. You know, all time type careers like a KG, a Kobe, a LeBron James. Yeah, I, it's you know, I, I think it's just amazing to kind of see all the stories that are coming out with him in in all the just the positivity that has come through such a hard time for everybody.
I mean, have you gone back and forth with some former teammates? I mean, how much has his name come up in the last couple of days? I know you've been busy with the yeah. new form, but <laughs> as you've had some phone time, I mean, has his name come up quite often or even just with your buddies? Yeah, you know, I've, I've, just, I've kind of talked to my friends and, you know, I mean, I think we all agree how much of an influence he was on, on, on everybody. I mean, like you said earlier, everybody got the ball and they counted down and it was a jab and a jumper at the elbow, <laughs> you know, because that was, you know, one of his moves. It was, you know, kind of like what you do with KG. It's like, oh, I'm going to do that baseline turnaround jumper. <laughs> you know, that's just, that was one of his things. And that's kind of what you emulated when you were a kid. I mean, it is amazing that he wanted to be MJ. He wanted to be Jordan. And for the most part, he was, right? Like, I think most people would probably say Michael was the better player. But, I mean, Kobe was darn near close. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, a lot of the moves that MJ perfected, Kobe perfected. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't sure, you know, like we would ever see anything close to Michael Jordan ever again. Kobe was darn close to that. Yeah, he sure was. I mean, it's everybody thinks that, you know, Michael Jordan is, I mean, look at how many guys that the Lakers have had with Shaq, Jerry West. I, I mean, you have like all of these names that like continue to go, Kareem, and and you're like, wow, like Kobe, you know, out of the 20 people that they have in the rafters and Staples Center, like, he's he's definitely top two. Yeah, I mean, Magic even came out the other day. Now maybe it's just it's <clears throat> it's the moment, right, and everything going on. But Magic came out and said, we lost the greatest Laker of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about the run, I mean, how rare is it? I mean, we talk about how many teams you were on in an yeah, eight-year be, period. Oh, man. Remind us how many teams? Six, I think it was. So six and eight years. <laughs> Kobe was on one team for 20 years. Th- think about this even now where you think about, like, say, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce was in Boston for 13 years, and then he ended in Brooklyn, and then he went to Washington, and then he went to L.A. And That's right. I actually like, forgot about <clears throat> Washington. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, you're like, from Kansas, yeah. like, you know, to play that long – I mean, the only other guy, Tim Duncan, Nick Collison. I mean, Dirk. Dirk. Um, other than kind of those four or five guys, I mean, now you don't see a guy being – I mean, look at even like John Wall, who's who's been in Washington for close to a decade now. That's a long time for a player to be in one city. And I mean, even LeBron, right? I mean, LeBron has bounced around. Four teams. I mean, mean, he started in Cleveland and went to Miami, came back to Cleveland, and now is in L.A. And, I mean, you know this. Like, that game kicks your ass. 82 games plus the postseason. Everything you need to put your body through. Forget the amount of franchises you end up playing for. Just to make it 20 years. (laughs) And still, like, be able to compete. Like, you could – sit on a bench and rot years 19 and 20, but he scores whatever it was in his final game, 60. I mean, just to be able to do that. I mean, actually, there was a part of me that thought when LeBron joined the Lakers, there was a part of me that thought Kobe might come back. Yeah. You just, you saw him in recent interviews. 
He looks like he could, you know, could still have played. He could still give you 12, that's for sure. For sure. He may not <laughs> give you much on the defensive end, and he may not want to hop on the <clears throat> hop on the jet, right? Like, he might just say, give me the 41 home games, and I'll help you in the playoffs. <laughs> but, yeah, like, is That there would any not doubt? be a bad gig. Is like there any way? Like, 40, like, he could have easily given you double-digit points a game. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, not only the 82 games, but how many – Times he went to the finals nine times, I think maybe. Oof, and I should know this. I mean, it was a lot. I mean, either, either like range, seven or nine. Yeah, and he certainly lost in the finals. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a big number. Right? So you have, you know, we'll call it an extra twenty twenty five games that he played in the playoffs, and now you magnitude that. I mean, now he's played twenty two seasons. Yeah, really. Yeah. And all the minutes, and the workload. <clears throat> that's like, I mean, like that, there are that's... ways maybe you can take a possession here, a possession there off. Not in Kobe's world, <laughs> no. Right, he was never taking a possession off both ends of the floor. Like yeah. no chance. Like the way he, he plays. I always said that with your former teammate Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. That Jimmy plays so hard. <clears throat> to credit to him that there is no off switch. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if you can last and play 82 games the way you play, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, I saw I saw a thing on Rafa Nadal last week. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a 60 Minutes, and they were talking about interviewing him and saying, well, you know, you play so hard. You know, people said that you couldn't last this long, and here now you are, you know, almost 20 years or whatever. And he's just like, yeah, like, that's just – that's just the way he's done it, and sure he's gotten more injuries and and whatnot through it. But some guys just that's all that they know, and that's what makes them so successful. Because if they stop, then they just go crazy. What kind of trash talker was Kobe? You know, thankfully I didn't experience much of it. <laughs> um, you had a first-hand view, though. I I do, Whether you know, in the lane or on the bench. Yeah, I mean, oh man, some of the back and forth he had with your teammates. Yeah, he he is he's one of a handful that I think of of like just trash talkers. I think of like him. I think of KG, um, like Perk, like just guys that just. I mean, for Kobe to be able to trash talk and back it up, I mean, there's a difference. I can I could say whatever the hell I want to, and <laughs> you know, am I going to be able to back it up? Mm, half the time, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you know, to be able to be like, yeah, I'm going to hit this elbow jumper for game and actually do it. You're like, oh yeah, and know that he's gonna do it. <laughs> what about what about your former teammate Westbrook? He has to be up there, isn't he? Oh yeah, Russ. Yeah, Russ is one of he's one of those guys. I mean, you see him. He's he kind of has that Kobe in him, where he he has one speed, and that's kind of all he knows. And I we mean, saw the Target Center the other night, actually. Yeah, like how do you he got into it with a fan? I think courtside. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> I mean that's that's classic Russ, right? Oh, it is classic. It's you know, there's some guys that just that's that's just how they thrive and how they live and you know, I I I can't understand how Russ does it where 
for I mean, I even saw James Harden came out. He's like, rest? Like, what the hell do I want to rest for? I mean, so many guys now, and I don't know if this is youth sports or college or overtraining through the summer or whatever it is, but, you know, guys, they want to rest. And it's kind of like, well, so I'm an owner and I'm paying you $175,000 tonight to, to like, to not play just because we play tomorrow in Milwaukee and I want to I want to win the Milwaukee game more than I want to win the Detroit game. Well, and think about it. I mean, there's no way Kobe would ever just sit out a game, especially like in the prime of his career. No, shit, And I'm not the dude. knocking like a Kawhi Leonard, right? Clearly his load management last year in Toronto, it worked. Mm-hmm. And he, and it's he, working to some extent now, or I guess we'll see how it plays out, but the Clippers feel like there's, there's a good plan in place that he'll be able to play really good basketball come mid to late April throughout the month of May, hopefully carrying them to a to of an course. NBA championship. They're certainly in that conversation. But yeah, like I think about Kobe, like two thousand, oh one, oh two, oh three, oh four. Like could you imagine Kobe <laughs> saying, Yeah, let me let me sit out Yeah, this I'm not game. gonna play tonight. <laughs> like no way. It wasn't even a thought. And and it honestly it hasn't become a thought until recent years where, you know, I always knew I think it's pretty obvious that the Spurs had done that for years and years and years without actually saying it, you know, and, and kind of until the whole Tim Duncan being too old on the on the DMP sheet, you know, was was then then it became a thing. But, um, you know, he was never one of those guys, and there are thankfully still those guys out there that are like, no, like, what do I need to sit down? I love to hoop. And I this mean, is LeBron, what I mean. Now I think LeBron like almost has to here and there. I, I mean, mean, that many years in and that many miles. And he's and... never broken down. He's never had a real serious injury. Like Kobe had the Achilles. Serious, yeah. LeBron, no. And you want to do the math on all the postseason minutes LeBron has played. Yeah. Yeah. I mean <sighs> modern science, I guess. I don't you know, I don't know what it is, but I I couldn't even imagine. I I think the most games that I played in a season was probably the high 60s. A lot of that was, you know, not because I couldn't because of an injury, just because coach didn't put me in. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of how it was for yeah. my career. But, um, you know, for me, I, I always wanted to have that goal. I, I was in New York, and Jason Smith played all 82. And I'm like, man, I, to be able to do that, unbelievable. LeBron's probably done it 12 times, you know. It Can, is. I mean. But, I mean, <clears throat> those are mirages. I mean, those are the exceptions. That's not the norm. Yeah. I mean, guys just, they break down because you're competing so hard every and, single day, even in practice, right? Yeah. And I think coaches now have a good grasp on when to rest guys, especially, you know, let's take this day off. We don't need to go. You know, we play on a Monday and Wednesday. We don't need to go hard on Tuesday. Let's yeah. rest up on Tuesday. Let's do some film work, whatever. But, yeah, it's still, I mean, just the grind on your body, it's really hard. All right, how about the concept of, of the helicopter? I mean, he probably rode in that very helicopter 
thousands times. I mean, at least a thousand, <clears throat> right? I mean, mm-hmm. certainly hundreds. Like you just you think about Sunday morning, what? The pilot was a flight instructor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pilot had to have flown. You would know this better than me, but fog in Los Angeles is not a rarity. It's not like all of a sudden, whoa, where'd this fog come from? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, right off the ocean. I mean, it just, it's a pretty regular occurrence. It like sure that is. pilot had to have dealt with those conditions many, many times. That's another part that's just hard to wrap my brain around. Yeah. Like, how did this happen? So I wonder. In... And why even take the chopper, like, on a Sunday morning? And I get it. Traffic sucks out there. I understand that. That's just what he, that, that's. I know. That's you hopping in your car or. I, yeah, I know. And, and going down the street to and grab a Starbucks. A and... I get all that. I, I understand that. And car accidents happen more regularly. There's just more cars. Yeah. You know, but do you think about why on that Sunday morning? You know, why did they go the helicopter out and not hop in the car? And I get it. It's not close. That's just the commute that, you know, I mean. How I, far is that? So Calabasas to Thousand Oaks. Oh, so when where they took off from Orange County, I would imagine that it's at least 30 miles, I would say. But, I mean, really, traffic at 9.15 on a Sunday morning can't be, like, a disaster? No, no, not at all. you're right. I think it was just that's the way they always did it. Yeah. I mean, I always think. And when you fly thousands of times, or at least hundreds, like, why would you hesitate? You're like, yeah, we always take this helicopter. This is what we do. This is what we're going (laughs) to do on this Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, You know, I I always think of, you know, the whole, like, kind of the the imagery of when he was when Kobe was playing of you know him taking the helicopter to Staples for the game you know and and as a kid and even as an adult when I was playing it it's kind of this like ah oh, type of thing like dude he's taking a helicopter like how freaking cool is that <laughs> like there's no way you could drive a Lamborghini a Rolls Royce a a Shelby Cobra, whatever the hell you want to drive, but there's nothing more badass than flying in on a helicopter, landing across the street, going to the game, kicking somebody's ass, hopping back on your chopper again and going home. But then you hear his justification for that, that he just didn't want to miss. <laughs> you know, he could get his work in and then be home in time because of the chopper to go pick up his oldest from school. Yeah. You know, the oldest is what, like 17? So think about 10, 11, 12 years ago when she's in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. You want to have those moments. And he wanted you're... to have those moments, you know, the after school play, whatever it might be. Like you, because he's done some interviews answering that question. Because I think a lot of people felt like you did. Like, what an ego you have to take this chopper all over, but then you hear him explain it, and you're like, yes. Makes complete sense. Why, I mean, why like, why not? I yeah, mean, it's I mean, no different got the means, than, so sure. If you have a driver, I mean, there's there's been, I've had plenty of teammates that have drivers that they mm-hmm. don't drive themselves for a number of reasons, and, you know, God forbid something happened there. I mean, what was his name in New York? A few years ago, that got in that really bad car accident. Um, uh, he's a comedian. Yes, name is escaping me. But um, I mean, there's any number of examples. I mean, Jay Williams, who now does great work as an analyst on ESPN. Yeah. 
Remember early in his NBA career, what a motorcycle accident. I've seen. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of examples. I, I won't. I have one great story. I'm not going to name a name, but <laughs> when I was with a team, I remember I had a teammate. At least give us the team. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I had a teammate walk in to the arena with a motorcycle helmet and after the game <laughs> I can see where this there, is going. there was the the crotch rocket like a ninja crotch rocket out by the TV truck and mind you this is not it's not in LA it was not like here we are in LA we get great weather this is like you know a snowier city. <laughs> All right, so it was downtown Minneapolis. <laughs> because it wasn't Houston. It I wasn't. I was in New York, so it could have been one of those two cities. But yeah. All right, so, but then driving the, coach a, or the general manager like seeks. Or, you know, I mean, I, this player have it in his contract. I mean, don't they write these clauses uh, in your contracts that I'm you can't sh- do certain things? Yeah, I mean anything risky, but I mean I I used to hear stories of of Ron Artest when he was in Sacramento, same thing. Like walked into the practice facility with a with a motorcycle helmet. Here the dude has a a Formula One racing car in the parking lot that he just bought the day before, and you're like, what are you doing? You're right. I mean, you think about all those methods of transportation then you think about flying in a helicopter and you're thinking heck i'm much safer going the helicopter route. Or, or even a plane i i look at when kansas was playing um stanford i think it was somebody earlier in the year they within 15 minutes blew an engine on a plane that's right i think you're right i think it was yeah i think it was out in the bay area yeah I and, think you're right and yeah, location doesn't matter but yeah uh, how I mean, how scary is that? Yeah. What about a couple of years ago? <clears throat> Michigan was was going to the to the Big Ten tournament, and I think the the plane ran off the runway. Oklahoma State, the tragedy that they dealt with, yeah, many years ago. You're right. Or it's even just... what you see in LSU earlier this year. Correct. Um, yeah, I, with and the you sports s- reporter in New Orleans. You know, yes. You see the video of probably a month or so ago now where. The guy is videoing outside the window, and then all of a sudden the wheel falls off as they get up in the air. <laughs> like, can can you imagine being on that plane and seeing that happen and realizing, like, oh boy, we don't have a we don't have a wheel. I mean, it's like, just, how are we gonna cool. land? It's it's a reminder of how fragile life is. Mm-hmm. That you just you don't know. You can do everything imaginable to protect <clears throat> yourself your family's well-being, but you just don't know, right? It's not in your hands. No, I mean, I could be driving home later this evening. If somebody wants to run an intersection, that's out of my control. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I guess the cliche holds true, right? I mean, just live every day to its fullest. Any grudges you have, maybe this is just a reminder. We shouldn't need reminders, but maybe Kobe's death is a reminder. You know, treat people the right way. Any grudges you have with anybody, maybe make a phone call. Yeah. You know? It's, or shoot it's text. Just, you know? It's sad no to see how fragile life right? is. It really is. 
All right. While I have you in studio, there's no easy segue. I don't even know how much you saw of last night's Wolves game. You probably saw the result. I probably saw the. I think the good part of the game, which was the first part of forty-five minutes, forty-four yeah. minutes. I mean, they were up twenty-two with five forty-five to go. They were up seventeen with under three minutes to go. And I think nine was a minute fifty-ish. And they found a way to lose. Like I wasn't sure. Remember earlier this season, the game in OKC. You know, the the touchdown pass, and Schroeder mm-hmm. hits the buzzer beater over Teague to force overtime, and the Wolves end up losing. Like, I thought it can't get any worse than that. That loss, right? Jordan Bell with his jersey untucked, the technical, you know, missing the free throws. They missed free throws again last night, which is part <clears throat> of the story. But, like, how much do you feel for your guy, Ryan? Like, Ryan Saunders is, is one of your good buddies. Yeah. How much that... do you feel for Ryan because – like, he's getting ripped, and I get it. He took his starters out maybe too soon. Like, they don't play for a few days here. They play again in L.A. this weekend. I mean, it's not like yeah. they have a game today, tomorrow. <clears throat> but guess what? If he leaves his starters in, like, Tibbs got ripped for the longest time, right, for leaving his starters in too long. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Carl Anthony Towns goes down with a knee injury last night because Ryan had Carl Anthony Towns in with three minutes to go when they're up 21 points, 19 points. Could you imagine the heat that Ryan would have taken today if if one of his key players went down with an oh, injury? Oh, would have so, been like, horrible. I understand going to your bench. Like you should feel comfortable. And with, those bench guys should hold you through the league. end. I don't know if I would have put Nas Reed in. I probably would have put in Vonleh or Bell. But so I'm not saying Ryan's off the hook. But I'm just saying, really tough spot. Then Napier misses free throws. Wiggins misses free throws. And sometimes Darren Fox. I think that was actually a lane violation at the very end of regulation. <laughs> It was it was brilliant, you know. You line drive just happens to off come off right. But and... if you go slow motion, but that play can't be reviewed. You can't challenge that play. If you look though, his foot is in the lane before the ball hits the rim. I mean, it's snap of the fingers. Yeah. So I can see how real time a ref wouldn't be able to make that call. But like all these things just went against them. But like it's typical Minnesota sports fan, and it's typical like it's typical Wolves like. They invent ways to lose. <laughs> they do in some ways, but I guess at this point in time of the season, do you want them to win? Do you, you know, speaking as a fan, of course you want them to win, but in all reality, you know, them winning now, them going on a 12-game a win streak does nothing but hurt them because then they get into this, like, weird middle area where they're in the 10th spot, maybe the ninth spot. So they're not in the playoffs, but they're not in the, they're not in the lottery. It's kind of like this year is not it, obviously. No, but in, when you have now a second <clears throat> double-digit losing streak during the season, I think at some point you just need a victory for your sanity. Oh, uh, yeah, when and I was like in New Carl York, Anthony we Towns. lost 16 straight. Yeah, well, I Carl went the whole Towns month of December. has a game losing streak. <laughs> in games that Cat, your former teammate, your guy Cat, in games he's played, they have a 14-game losing streak. But what is what is the big difference between this year, last year, or the three years ago? Well, I mean, <clears throat> there was a glimmer of hope, So you know, when – when the playoffs happen, yeah. So what happened? The difference between the what happens between that year and then the following year? 
Jimmy, Jimmy's gone. I mean, you look at like Miami and you say, wow, like Miami's got a bunch of young players, fairly inexperienced. Here they are playing real well, going to be in the playoffs this year. The main thing that had changed was you get Jimmy Butler. Well, let me ask you this, and we'll wrap it up. The way Jimmy delivered his message here, it failed, right? Of course. But the actual <laughs> message that, I mean, he would use the P word to describe Cat and Wiggins. We can just say maybe a lack of toughness or accountability. There are many different ways to look at it, but is it possible that maybe Jimmy was right? Yeah, I would say that he he was because if you look at what has what was that year you can make this into a bigger story of losing Markinen and all of that to get Jimmy for one year and make the playoffs but we made the playoffs sure it took overtime and took a last second shot but there we were in the A seed made the playoffs in 13 years could be 16 years but we made the playoffs mm-hmm. and then you lose him cuz he gets crazy and does what Jimmy does sometimes. And But I think he realized, um, I need to get the F out of here. Like, I can't yeah. win with these guys. Yeah, he, he sees a bigger picture. And, you know, he's – I've said this before in other podcasts is, you know, he can be a difficult person to relay the message that he relays the message. Message is great, just how he does it isn't. Um, but other than – him being gone, I mean, are you going to have Carl and Andrew really make that stand and be like, you know what, we made the playoffs three years. It's been three years since we made the playoffs. What are we going to do to change it now? And sure, you had Derek, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Because at the end of the day, it's on your shoulders. Well. Can you be a good team with Cat as your alpha, as your main guy? I don't believe so, just because it's not in his nature to, you know, you look at like Jimmy or I'm with you, you by look the way. at like I agree. Chris Paul. And that's yeah. not a knock to Carl. No, I mean, that's some of just... the way the game is played. I don't know. You would know this better than me. I just don't know if teammates really gravitate toward Cat. I don't know if he's. That sort of galvanizing figure. Yeah, I just I think bottom line, he can't be the main guy on a really good team. I just and, I, I don't and that's feel that not way. saying that he's not the best player. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's no you know, knock. He's he can be an all star. He can do a lot of things. I just don't think in a really good team he is going to be your main guy. Because I look at even think about like Golden State is when Andre Iguodala he was the seventh best guy on that team, but he was the guy that like held everybody together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need those guys. You need, you need guys that, you know, aren't stars because, like, Carl, is. it's just not in his personality to be like, hey, Andrew, I need you to do this. And if you're not going to do it, I'm going to punch you in the chest and I'm going to put you in that place where I need you to be. That's just not in his nature where I've had other teammates that will do that. Sounds like they need to re-sign you. You can be that guy. That was, I mean, that was the deciding factor from the playoff run. <laughs> they don't have that guy, though. Jimmy and me. You know, and Ryan's trying to run this system, and I get it, but like the roster's about to turn over significantly this summer. It's just, 
I don't know where the hope is. Like, I guess if you want to cling to hope, you need to hope that they hit the jackpot the next two drafts or execute some lopsided trade. Maybe we don't realize it at the time, but yeah. they hit they hit a home run on some trade. You, I'm just looking at internally. There's not a whole lot I can cling to and say, that gives me hope long term. You definitely, you know, being in a smaller city, it's hard to get free, big free agents here. D'Angelo Russell is a prime example. They didn't have cap space, but yeah, I don't think D'Angelo really wanted to come here anyway. And that's yeah. his guy. Mm-hmm. Cat's his guy. So, I think he'd love to play with Cat one day, just not in Minnesota. Of course. He wants to play with Cat in Golden State. I mean, or somewhere you, else, or Phoenix with Devin Booker. There's tons of factors in it, and it's just, unfortunately, look at the Twins. They've always had such a great kind of like upbringing through their program, and then, you know, their whole salary cap is not nearly it's not a tenth of what the Yankees are but they find a way to hang around but the Wolves haven't been able to find that consistency through the years and through multiple regimes Mm -hmm. same ownership group for the most part I don't know necessarily a lot of people are saying Glenn needs to sell heck he might at some point I wouldn't be shocked if in the next year or two Glenn does sell, just from hearing some things behind the scenes. But not quite sure bringing in a new owner is all of a sudden going to change a whole lot. I think it, unfortunately, is a sad situation. They had less than 5,000 people at a recent game. Tickets scanned. That might be the biggest issue. You look at TV ratings. You look at butts in the stand. I mean, unfortunately, in some ways, apathy is starting to set in. Not that it'll set in long term. They can do some stuff this summer to rejuvenate the the fan base. But – there are many fans just tuning out right now, which might be the biggest problem of them all. Yeah, it's kind of the dog days. All-star break is coming around the corner. And then it's going to be, you know, who's the next big team coming in because they want to see whoever it is. Damian Lillard or you know, name the star. They want them to come through and yeah, I mean, want to see the them. Yeah, and... actually, right, to circle it all the way back to, you know, the first 25 minutes of this podcast. I mean – it's probably LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Lakers, whenever the Lakers are in next, I mean, they can fill the stands. I'm not quite sure, though. I mean, who else? I don't think Damian Lillard, and I love him. Yeah, maybe Melo. I mean, there, there's a few teams that may bring more heavier of a crowd. but Well, maybe Embiid, Cat, right? Philadelphia still comes here before the yeah. season is over. I guess I'd pay to go see that, right? <laughs> Embiid against Cat. Your guy, Joel Embiid. Do we get another fight? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, I'd, I'd pay to see that. Cole. I might pay double. <laughs> yeah, I would. Thank you so much. Thank this you. This was therapeutic in some ways. It's still, it's. I'm telling you, it's still hard for me just to grasp everything going on with Kobe. But just to talk through some things certainly helps. So, so thank you. Yeah. That's the voice of Cole Aldrich, one of the all-time great players in Minnesota basketball history. We are done. Appreciate you listening. This has been Scoop Podcast episode 277.